Hello and welcome to another episode of the Giants of the Faith podcast. My name is Robert Daniels and I'm the host of this show. This is the podcast where we focus on individuals from the age of the church who've lived out their faith in a unique or interesting way. These are people who are giants in the history of Christendom, and each has earned a spot in my personal Christian Hall of Fame. In this episode, we'll focus on one of the most prominent black American ministers of the post-Civil War era, Francis Grimke. Grimke was born a slave, but rose to be a well-respected champion of integrity and Christian ideals, even in the face of racial discrimination and prejudice. Francis James Grimke was born to parents Henry Grimke and Nancy Weston on October 10, 1850, in Charleston, South Carolina. His birth is unique, at least as far as this podcast is concerned, and that his father legally owned his mother. Henry Grimke was a slaveholder, and after his wife died in 1843, he took Nancy as his confidant and partner. Nancy was of mixed race and had been the nurse for Henry's children. In 1849, she bore a son, Archibald, and the next year, she gave birth to Francis. Archibald and Francis lived in relative freedom up until the point of their father's death in 1852 from yellow fever. As he was dying, Henry transferred ownership of Nancy and her two sons, and the third child that she was expecting, to his son Montague. That third child would be another son, John. Montague was his son from his marriage, and was his heir. Henry ordered that Nancy's family be left to live in freedom and to be treated as if they were family. And they were for a while. The family lived in the free black area of Charleston, and the boys even attended school. Eventually, however, Montague married in 1860. His new wife demanded additional servants, and Montague sent for Archibald, Francis, and John to serve as slaves in his household. The boys hated it and rebelled against Montague so that he eventually hired them out to other masters, where they were mistreated and quite unhappy. The American Civil War brought a change in circumstance for the brothers. When the Union Army arrived in Charleston, the boys split in the confusion. Archibald went to live with the free black family for the remainder of the war, while Francis either ran off to be a servant in the Confederate Army or to work for a lieutenant in the Union Army. The sources conflict but I imagine he went north, but I just can't say for sure. When the war ended, both brothers enrolled in the Morris Street School. At war's end, as part of the Reconstruction, the Freedmen's Bureau and the American Missionary Society set up schools for the recently freed slaves. Francis and Archibald excelled, and were quickly identified as academically promising, and they were both sent to live with families up north where they'd have access to better educational opportunities. Francis did well, and eventually enrolled in Lincoln University, which had been established outside Philadelphia with the purpose of training up black leaders. Now Henry Grimke, the boy's father, had two sisters, Angelina and Sarah, that had left the South and moved North to become abolitionists before the war. In 1868, Angelina saw an article on a speech that Archibald gave in the Anti-Slavery Standard Newsletter. She noted Archibald's familiar last name, and wrote to him, and was pleased to discover that the boys were her nephews. From then on, Angelina and Sarah publicly acknowledged the two young men and financially supported them while they were in school. Both graduated in 1870, and Francis was the class valedictorian. Meeting family while at Lincoln was a joyous thing for Francis, 
But more important to him was that it was there that he met the Lord, and that meeting would change the course of his life. Francis attended Central Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, where he met Pastor John Reeve and began to take an interest in the ministry. After graduating, Francis and Archibald had both enrolled at Harvard with the idea of taking up law. But after a time, Francis realized that law wasn't for him, so he dropped out and he enrolled at Princeton Theological Seminary, where he would study to become a Presbyterian minister. If you're like me, your instant reaction to Princeton Theological Seminary is a hard eye roll, but this was long before its fall into liberalism in the 1920s. So Grimke graduated in 1878 and was ordained as a Presbyterian minister on July 7th that same year. That same year, he also married Charlotte Fortin. Charlotte was a free black woman who had grown up in and around Philadelphia. She was active in the abolitionist movement and had served as a teacher and a government recruiter in the years before and after the Civil War. Charlotte was 41 when she married the 28-year-old Francis. The two had one child, Theodora, who unfortunately died as an infant. Grimke was called to pastor the 15th Street Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. 15th Street was a church populated by the more well-to-do of the black Washington community. Grimke's sermons were uplifting and always pointed his congregation toward Christ. Grimke thought that no matter a person's circumstances, whether political or general or whatever, Christ was the most important thing. As he said, I believe that the most important part of public worship is the preaching of the word and that everything should be made subservient to it, that nothing should be allowed to enter that would lessen in any way the effect of it. Grimke kept the main thing the main thing. His sermons were collected and published so that people, black and white, all over the country read them. He was one of the most well-known and widely read black preachers of his day. Grimke wasn't interested in church growth for its own sake. He understood that the church was a force for the kingdom only as long as the members of it were invested in Christ. He wrote, A church's value to the community does not depend upon the size of its membership, but upon the quality of the men and women that make up its membership. I have very little sympathy with the craze that is now taking hold of so many churches, merely to increase in numbers. Numbers count for nothing, unless the constituent elements are of the right character. It is quality, not quantity, that tells in the work of the Lord. For a brief time, from 1886 to 1889, Francis pastored Laura Street Presbyterian Church in Jacksonville, Florida. The Grimkes had moved to Florida for the milder climate due to Charlotte's poor health. In 1889, however, he returned to the 15th Street, where he preached for the remainder of his career. Grimke was active outside the church's walls. He was one of the founders of the American Negro Academy, a group of black intellectuals that worked to promote education and the arts for blacks. He also served as a trustee for Howard University and for the public school district of Washington, D.C. Francis worked to improve the lot of blacks in America, but he never lost sight of the true source of freedom and grace. Every time we get up to preach, he said, We have the opportunity of magnifying ourselves or of magnifying Jesus Christ, of calling attention to ourselves or to him, he said. I place my hope not on government, not on political parties, but on faith in the power of the religion of Jesus Christ to conquer all prejudices, to break down all walls of separation, 
and to weld together men of all races in one great brotherhood. Grimke challenged the white political and spiritual leaders of the country, fearlessly questioning their racist attitudes toward blacks, and even questioning the validity of their faith. If Jesus Christ should come in the guise of a black man, racists would not listen to him. They would not permit him to occupy their pulpits, he wrote. And he was right. All men should view others as equals, but it is Christians who should lead the way in this, and many of the churches of Grimke's day failed in that. All men are made in the image of God, and all have his thumbprint. Grimke continued to serve as pastor at 15th Street until 1928 when he finally retired. He was a man who had lived up to the Presbyterian ideal of an educated minister. He never stopped learning and growing even as he led others. Francis Grimke died on October 11, 1937. He had been born into slavery and risen to become a leader in the church and the nation in a time of great turmoil. Through it all, he clung to the word of God and the power of the Christian message. As he said, The business of the preacher is to state the truth of God clearly, fully, simply. The rest the Spirit will take care of. And for that, we remember him today as a giant of the faith. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you have any comments on this episode or suggestions for future subjects, please shoot me an email at podcast at giantsofthefaith.com. Until next time, God bless. 